0: This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Inside China Tech. I'm Zensu, a technology reporter with the South China Morning Post. And today we are going to be talking about Lunar New Year and the technology associated with it. With me is Chua Kong Ho. The technology editor of the South China Morning Post. Hi, everyone. So, in case you're not aware, we are currently in the year of the pig, it's the fourth day of the Lunar New Year. And basically, nobody in China is working because there's a week long holiday for everyone to sort of go home and visit their relatives. So, if you're not really aware of what Lunar New Year is, it's like the way I like to think about it is like it's like what Christmas is to America is what Lunar New Year is to China. So everyone sort of... It's like a festive holiday. People spend 15 days sort of feasting and meeting up with relatives. And yeah, so for myself, I went back to Singapore for a week. It was nice catching up with family. I think Kong Ho also had a couple of days off. Although, yeah. did, you, did you go back to Singapore, Kong Ho?
0: No, I, I stayed in Hong Kong this time.
1: So one big part of Lunar New Year is getting red packets which in Cantonese, in Hong Kong, they call it licea. But red packets basically are money, gifts of money that people put in like a red envelope and it's meant to be good luck for the new year. How much licea did you get this year, Kong Ho?
0: I just got one. One red packet from the company. The yours, company
1: gives, I, I don't I don't get yours, any.
0: Yours is with me oh, okay. in my bag. I'll give it to you after this podcast.
1: I got many, many red <laughs> packets, actually. I think I got like 30. Like, But okay, so here Kong was going to explain to you why he only got one and I have like multiple, like tens of, of Lysi. Like,
0: it's because uh, Zen is very popular. Um, but no, it's because she's not married. And I think in most parts, in most Chinese communities worldwide, um, people who are married, Give red packets to those who are not uh, relatives, friends. Uh, it's kind of like a a symbol of uh, entering adulthood, and um, a way. Yeah, I mean, if you're a, if you're a kid, you receive red packets, right? So if you're an adult, you get to give red packets, and it's a subtle way to also kind of humiliate those who who aren't married uh, and try to encourage them to be married. Um, yeah, so.
1: I mean, personally, I I have no shame. So like. <laughs> At this point, I'm, like, almost 30. Like, just, it's, like, free money every year. I'm just, like, make it rain. Just give me the Lycee. I don't care. People are, like, when you're getting married, never. So I can get money forever. Stuff like that. (laughs) How
0: how do you get your Lycee, though? I mean, is it still in the traditional red packets, or, you know, is it increasingly by a smartphone?
1: Yeah, so interestingly, that's, like, both ways. Because in Singapore, I get physical Lycee or, like, red packets. When you visit relatives or when relatives visit you, they give you, like, the physical... Hongbao, which is red packet in Mandarin, but in China, like if I have Chinese friends, um, the red packet often comes digitally. So it comes through WeChat. WeChat actually pioneered this digital red packet situation several years back, and it's sort of been like a turning point for people to give each other red packets because right now you can just send you know people money, any amount of money. It really depends. In Singapore, I tend to get physical red packets. Um, you know, so it's literally like cash stuffed in red envelopes. So that's fun because then I have the money immediately. But um, I also have Chinese friends who sometimes send me money digitally. So it can either be on WeChat or like on Alipay on apps like these where um, it's like a small sum of money in a digital red packet situation. And then you can immediately sort of have it in your digital wallet or transfer it to your bank account.
0: Do you, do you get as much joy receiving this virtual bows as the physical ones? I mean the real life ones.
1: Um actually I kind of like receiving the digital red packets more because it's become more fun now. Like I think in WeChat um It's become sort of like a game, like in group chats, like people sort of give out digital writ packets and then it's like a random amount of money that you get, like you click on it. You could get any, I mean, depending on how much the person puts in, but it it randomly sort of assigns people that amount of money. So it's always fun to see how much money you get from a writ packet. And it's like, sometimes it's a limited quantity. So people have to compete and like, you know, it's like a fastest fingers first situation. So that's kind of fun. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of used to getting physical writ packets anyway, because you get it since you're a kid, right? Like, everyone just gives you money. Eventually, it's not that fun. Yeah, but I think the Chinese apps have made it, like, they've gamified it, sort of. I so. don't know.
0: I mean, my, my four-year-old still loves uh, getting red packets. I, I don't think she really has a concept of money yet. Uh, you know, so the red, you know, being bright and, you know, trying to find out what is inside, I mean, that's that's exciting for her. But I'm sure she will, you know, uh, be very happy to receive, uh, you know, money in you know, digital form. Uh, buy smartphone as she grows up. Money is money, right? So
1: So Mimi when she receives a red packet, she doesn't know that there's money inside. Like it's just like to her it's like a present.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean she opens it and she finds there's money, but yeah. But mm. I don't think she has um has a has a real concept of money.
1: Yeah, I think for kids, like very often, like during Chinese New Year it's very much about like like snacks or like food that you get. To eat when you visit relatives because there are all these like Chinese New Year goodies that people put out during the festive season. So as a child, I used to love visiting relatives because you know they would have sweets and candy and chocolate. And you know generally during this period of time, parents don't really restrict their kids to be like okay you can't you you, you can only have like five pieces of candy or whatever. They generally let kids do whatever they, whatever they want. So that's kind of fun. Okay, so Kong Ho, you often have to give out licey to people. Do you give it out? in physical form or digital form more nowadays?
0: Well, it depends It depends on who I give it to. I mean, uh, you know, if, like you said, if it's uh, friends uh, uh, or colleagues on the, on the mainland, um, you know, just because it's a physical distance, it's difficult, if not impossible, to, to actually give physical red packets. So, you know, the digital ones work. Uh, I just gave out um, uh, red packets uh, to our team
1: Yay! We got red packets. It was very fun. It's free money from our boss, basically. You know, so in Hong Kong, I think especially there is this tradition where like managers or supervisors tend to give their subordinates like red packets over Lunar New Year.
0: But but you know the popularity of uh, of uh, you know vir- virtual or digital Hong Bao is, I mean, is also because of the popularity of uh, mobile payments uh, in China. I don't think you really can send money to, you know, your friends uh, if you do not already do it uh, on a day-to-day basis. As you know, you know, in China, I mean, people basically use their smartphones to pay for almost anything. I mean, grocery, shopping, bills. Uh, it literally is just, you know, uh, you know, a tap of the smartphone or, you know, just scan the barcode uh, you know, at the 7-Eleven. So it doesn't really take that much of a leap to go from, you know, paying for a drink at a convenience store to you know, just sending money uh, in the form of a uh, hongbao to your friends or relatives during Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year.
1: So to give you an idea of the scale of this sort of sending red packets practice over, you know, digitally, last year in 2018, 688 million people either sent or received red packets on WeChat. That's twice the population size of the US basically. And This year, the official numbers hasn't come out yet for Tencent or Alipay, but these companies have basically sort of used this writ packet practice to also gain users and sort of engage with their users. So Alipay this year, they actually prepared 500 million yuan for like sort of like a writ packet game situation where users can, you know, the more that they use their... Uh, Alipay to pay for things, they can collect stamps and if you collect like a set of five stamps in total, you are able to get like a small red packet when um, Lunar New Year strikes basically and that amount can range from several you know, like just a few yuan to like a couple tens of yuan, so that's kind of fun. Baidu basically worked together with the Spring Festival Gala. So the Spring Festival Gala, it's like the most watched TV program of the year, where everyone basically tunes in, watches like performances, sing like singing and dancing, the night before Lunar New Year on New- Lunar New Year's Eve. So Baidu basically um, worked with Chunwan or the the gala to give out. Over a billion yuan in red packets to viewers, so this has sort of become like a way for them to encourage people to use their platform, to engage with their users, to kind of build user stickiness. It's become a platform basically for not just users to send money to each other, you know, on, on this festive holiday, but also to promote the different platforms basically.
0: So, so Zan, do you think this um, phenomenon of sen- sending Hongbao's is just gonna be restricted to Lunar New Year, or can it be more widespread?
1: Yeah, currently I think it's it's getting more widespread because it's not just Lunar New Year anymore. Of course, Lunar New Year is the time where people send and receive the most red packets. But now this um sort of practice, sometimes like it's it's gone to like if you have your your friend is having a birthday, you can send money on their birthday, and this money can immediately go to their wallet, right? So they can spend this money immediately in like shops to buy you know, food in a restaurant or to go shopping. So, um, yeah, and it's 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 pretty interesting the way that mobile payments and red packets have sort of evolved over the years.
0: It's kind of funny if you think, you know, we are, we are here in Hong Kong, which, you know, prides itself as a financial center. But in terms of mobile payments, I think it's, it's far behind uh, the mainland. Uh, you know, I still have to... Uh, dig out or, you know, fish out coins uh, uh, to pay uh, bills if they're in loose change. Um, you know, many, many places do not uh, accept mobile payments. I mean, they still do credit cards and all that. So I guess it's, it's because in the mainland, they kind of skip the credit card. I mean, they skip one generation where they go from cash right on to smartphones and kind of skip the, you know, the intermediate stage where, uh, you know, the stage where we would be, uh, familiar with which is kind of like credit cards uh, debit cards so everything is just you know tap and go
1: yeah i think i think that's very true um hong kong is you know a very mature society in terms of payment methods and you know i think the average hong konger has like four credit cards but um even companies right now like tencent uh, WeChat Pay or and um, Financial's Alipay. Um, also just a disclaimer, and Financial is an affiliate of Alibaba, which is the parent company of the South China World Post. So usual disclaimer. But um, these two companies have also been making big strides in Hong Kong. They have basically pushed out very aggressively to expand to different merchants. And um, this year, I think Alipay even allows Hong Kong users to send red packets to each other. And they've also had like games for Hong Kong users to play to sort of win like Red Packet money from AliPay, so there is definitely that kind of push towards trying to move Hong Kong into a more of a mobile payment society versus like a like you said like a cash is king sort of um, situation that's been going on for years.
0: Do you do you think there's widespread resistance to using mobile payments here in Hong Kong, maybe even in Singapore? Or it's just a matter of you know there are not that many vendors, uh, vendors or merchants uh, accepting it.
1: Um, I think in Hong Kong at least most of the concerns uh, stem from privacy concerns. I think there are some people who are who are um, you know concerned about tech companies knowing where they're spending the money or how much data you know um, is being collected by these Chinese tech companies. So there is some skepticism and doubt. Regarding that, but they're also, you know, like a group of people um, who are welcoming of this and, and and happy to to use it because lots of times, like companies like WeChat or Alipay in Hong Kong, they offer like great promotions. Like if you collect, if you spend like at least fifteen dollars per transaction, they give you a stamp, and if you get three stamps, you get like a discount, like a, a three dollar off your next purchase. So that also sort of drives usage in cities like Hong Kong. So. I think that you can definitely see that more and more restaurants, you know, whether it's like McDonald's or convenience stores, they're now accepting both WeChat and Alipay in Hong Kong. You know, we're just going to bring it back to Lunar New Year since this is supposed to be our Lunar New Year episode. So like red packet technology and like mobile payments is just one part of Lunar New Year but the other part of Lunar New Year that is really big is this sort of like migration the huge human migration across China so Kong are you aware of some of the technology that has helped to facilitate this human migration it's supposed to be like the largest in the world like people make 3 billion trips in 40 days like across China so it's kind of amazing
0: yeah one, one of the things you learn from uh, living in China is if you don't have a good reason uh to travel during the uh, spring festival travel period, uh, which basically is about 40 days um, with the holiday uh, in between, uh, then don't because uh, literally hundreds of millions of people uh, have a good reason to travel. Uh, A lot of them may be working in uh, another place and going back to the hometown to celebrate uh, Lunar New Year with their family. Uh, And this all makes for a huge logistical uh, jam, uh, which, uh, you know, the uh, various uh, authorities in China have been trying to alleviate uh, with the use of technology. Now, one of them, uh, obviously, is how do you get tickets? Uh, I remember when I was living in Shanghai, uh, at the Shanghai Railway Station, uh, uh, there would be long lines of uh, people queuing up uh, weeks in advance, uh, to try to get uh, train tickets home. Uh, and, you know, Lunar New Year is basically deep winter, right? I mean, it's, it's right before spring, so uh, it can get pretty cold uh, and wet in Shanghai. And so it's no fun queuing up in the cold wind uh, to, to try to get tickets. Now, what has happened is that um, a lot of this is now moved online uh, to smartphone apps and websites uh, so that uh, people, you know, in theory... Are uh, able to book their tickets in the comforts of the home. Yeah, but from what I understand, it's not that easy trying to get the ticket that you want on the day that you want on the train that you want. Because uh, obviously, uh, it's kind of like the fastest fingers first. Uh, it's it's not uh, easy if you think about, you know, so many people wanting to get on the train. Uh, and of course, uh, for those who are not as technologically savvy, uh, they have a, a bigger hurdle to to clear. Uh, if you think of some of the. Uh, people who, who want to go home, uh, some of them may not know how to use a, a smartphone app or uh, navigate uh, you know, the different terms and conditions uh, of the app.
1: Yeah, um, I think this has also sort of come to show how far China has come in terms of technology because, like Ho said, um, before everything was done manually. So I used to live in Beijing in 2011, uh, like while I was a student, and this was before um, you know the China launched its online ticketing system for its railways so what we had to do every time we wanted to buy a ticket was you know go and queue at a stand and then hope that the ticket is available there's no way there's no way to check for availability you literally have to go there and be like is this train available and they're like yes or no if it's not available you just come back the next day and try to queue for another ticket you know so,
0: and there will be like a hundred people trying to cut your queue, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like really frustrating, and like thank goodness for me, I've never tried to travel by train over Chinese New Year. But like obviously for other peak seasons like Golden Week in October, you know we 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 crawl out of bed at like eight a.m. and then try and queue and get a ticket. <laughs> like it's really it's really ridiculous. And this was before China in- instituted this like. Real name, sort of like system. So, like, people, you know, like scalpers would go and buy up all the tickets and then sell it at ridiculous prices.
0: 8 a.m. is not really that early.
1: I mean, it's kind of <laughs> early at the time we like went to work at 10 a.m. So like 8 a.m. was fairly early and we had to like travel to the, the, the ticket stand. It was really annoying anyway. So it's sort of like, okay, so China launched that online ticketing system in 2012. So, you know, from 2012 to 2019, when they first launched it, was like a huge failure, like it, like it crashed and everything. But within like seven years now, I think the infrastructure has improved and there are lots of like apps now. There's this one app called Gaotie Guanjia which is like an app where it would like automatically sort of bid for tickets for you or buy a ticket for you when it's available. And all you have to do is like pay a service fee of like 30 yuan or thereabouts, which is is really nothing in the grand scheme of things because it saves you sort of like the hassle of like trying to buy the tickets for yourself. Because you have to remember that even though everything is online, the moment the tickets are re- released, like millions and millions and tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people are trying to buy tickets at the same time. So, you know, it, it is not a guarantee that you definitely get what you want. Yeah, and now I think there are lots of Chinese travel agencies that you're that are also able to buy tickets for you. Am I right?
0: Yeah, but you know, the 30, the 30 yuan may not mean uh, a lot to you know most of the white collar workers, but you know they do this. It is still quite a big sum for a lot of the uh you know for a lot of people who who want to get home yeah,
1: yeah so this i think especially affects like uh, the um, migrant workers or um people in sort of more maybe remote areas or cities or people who are not you know necessary in a first tier second tier sort of cities maybe they don't have you know smartphones and 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 I, or or the elderly even who may not know how to use technology i think these people are actually the worst affected by this whole sort of technology advancement because they don't know how to use these apps they still try to physically go queue to buy tickets and very often these tickets are sold out you know because everyone's buying them online so yeah kind of um, something to bear in mind I guess um, when we're talking about technology advancements in China So Kong-Kong, what what other technology is used for like this sort of human migration, like facial recognition technology? Yeah, facial recognition is uh,
0: increasingly being deployed at uh, major transportation hubs uh, like railway stations to manage the flow of people. Uh, you know, as we talked about earlier that it, there are a lot of people trying to get to different places and it can be a nightmare uh, trying to match uh, identity to your ticket because... Uh to prevent touting, uh, you know, China required that uh if you want to travel you have to be the one uh with the ID uh buying the ticket. But trying to trying to authenticate it, uh when, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of people are pushing behind you is, is next to impossible. Uh which is where facial recognition comes in because uh you know, you're able to match your face to your identity and uh, it helps to manage
1: the flow uh, much better.
0: But of course, there are are, uh, people who are worried about the privacy uh, and uh, how this technology uh, is used.
1: So it sounds like there's kind of like a delicate balance between sort of using technology to improve efficiency versus sort of mass surveillance because we have also read reports where, you know, China is one of the countries in the world with the most number of um, CCTV cameras. Um, And they're often also using facial recognition technology to sort of identify residents of a certain city. Like, you know, a couple months back, we had a story where, um, like in Shenzhen, you could get a fine for jaywalking. um, Because, you know, if if a camera, if they manage to use facial recognition to identify you jaywalking, they basically just send you a fine through WeChat. So yeah, it it does seem like there is a very sort of delicate balance between surveillance and... um you know, using facial recognition technology to sort of improve efficiency for things like when millions of people are trying to travel across China, either to get home or to get back to the city that they're working in. So Kongho, there's one more thing that we haven't spoken about where technology has vastly changed how people do things during Lunar New Year.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was younger, we used to uh, go uh, with our elders to this uh, lunar new year markets or bazaars where they will have all these uh, goodies you know um, confectionery uh, decorations cakes uh, all sorts of uh, you know stuff that uh, we will buy uh, so that uh, relatives and friends who come visiting would have uh, things to eat uh, because you're not supposed to be really cooking on the first day, uh, depending on the region uh, where you're from. You're really? Supposed- yes. You're not
1: supposed to be cooking? Why?
0: Uh, it's not considered auspicious. Huh. Yeah. But you and I may have come from different parts of China like mm. 10 generations ago. So.
1: <laughs> no, my family cooks every year. I think I need to speak to my grandmother about this. Not sure. But anyway.
0: Yeah. So speaking, we used to make these visits to this uh, to markets Uh they still exist, but I think you know, increasingly, even for myself, uh, you know, we we buy a lot of these uh, goodies online, uh, or have them delivered, uh, so that we don't have to lock them, you know, on busy subways and taking buses. So this is in line with how a lot of uh, commerce is now taking place online as well. And so why not during uh, Lunar New Year, you know, when uh, you know a lot of people are crowded in one place. Uh, and you can, you know, just go online and buy them.
1: Yeah, interestingly, um, obviously this shift to e-commerce is quite interesting, but another fun fact. So before Singles Day was a thing, the biggest shopping sort of festival tended to happen around Lunar New Year because people would be buying clothes or shoes and then lots of sales would come out during this period of time. But anyway, that has been usurped by... Single state, But
0: online shopping still has its limits because if you try to buy anything now, if you put the order online now, you probably have to wait for two weeks, maybe more, for the parcel to reach your home because all the couriers are back home celebrating the new year.
1: Yeah, not just the couriers, actually. Even the merchants. Like, a lot of the shops, they generally write like, oh, okay, if you're placing an order on the 28th of January, we can't ship it because, like, you know, they have a cut-off date for the couriers and also these merchants... Are going home so um, so you
0: were buying clothes
1: I wasn't buying clothes I was just checking to see if I could buy things I don't know I, I use Taobao a lot okay no judgment like Taba's awesome like I shop on Taobao all the time because it's like cheap you can like find ev- everything you know so on Taobao like what was I trying to buy I don't remember Oh, I think I was trying to buy a pillow. I don't know why I was trying to buy a pillow. But anyway, so, like, and it said you have to buy it by the 20th of January. Anyway, I didn't buy it. So, man, I'll, I'll just resume my shopping. Like, I don't actually know when to come back, I think. After the 15th day of the Lunar New Year.
0: You, know, you can always go on Amazon, right?
1: Okay, Ho, thanks for sitting in with me for our Lunar New Year edition of Inside China Tech. Where can people find you on Twitter?
0: At Chua Kong Ho.
1: That's at C-H-U-A-K-O-N-G-H-O. And if you want to tweet at me, I am at Zensu, Z-E-N-S-O-O. And don't forget, we're publishing stories seven days a week at scmp.com slash tech. Also, we are on like iTunes and Spotify or Stitcher. So if you enjoy our podcast, please rate us accordingly. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.